Good morning. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you. I thank you, and I praise you for all of the ways that you watch over us and take care of us and bless us. I thank you that you are our provider, that you are our provision, and that you call us to be saints, and you've planted us on earth to fulfill a God-given mission. Lord, give us the wisdom and the discernment to come into deeper contact with that sense of, uh, with that with those realities that that endure that really matter, and Lord also give us the grace to fulfill the duties of our state in life. Lord, help us to be able to encounter you there, and we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Carrie, I think that um, that you know, getting down to like first things first, like what really matters is holiness and mission fulfillment, becoming a saint and fulfilling the God-given mission that God has planted us on earth in this moment right now to accomplish, right? That's what matters. That's what endures. That at the end of our lives, that's what the Lord is going to measure us. You know, you've heard me say this before in the program that what is our own judgment? Like, what's the judgment that you're going to face and I'm going to face? We die alone. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, were you trying to jump on my coattails? There's none of that. No, there's no... We can no hold f- our hands. It's we can no. hold hands and just say, Jesus, we're going we're gonna to go through this together. <laughs> and we don't. We don't get to go through our particular judgment. There's a particular judgment. I was trying to do some kind of... Oh, I see. There's a particular... What was that from? Was that from... Um, uh... I think I, that was from Pride I, and Prejudice. Okay. A particular, well, I, well whatever, meaningful mm, to me. Not but our gift. A specific individual judgment that happens to us when we die. And what's that going to look like? What's that going to be like? And one theologian put it forward this way, that you do realize that in the mind of God the Father, there is an idea of you that has been present from all eternity. That's just a stunning, stunning concept. Like he didn't at some point start thinking, oh, let me let me just start imagining human beings and billions and billions of them, and oh, pop, there's Carrie. No, from all eternity, you have been held in the mind of the Father, and that was communicated to the Son as a gift. It's like here's a gift that the Father gives to the Son. Mm is you, the idea of you. That's so good. I, I think for the first time I realized that we were gifted uh, from the Father to the Son. And I, something that I read recently, do you remember us reading something about this? Was it a theology book we were reading during? Well, do you know where I first heard that? It wasn't in John Paul II in his Theology of the Person as Gift. It was in The Mass and Your Life. Do you remember where that came from? Is it the Latin the Mass? The Missal, the, the traditional Latin Mass yeah, Missal. there's some good stuff in there. The 1962 Missal. I, I wrote a book on the Mass. This little like 30-page section at the beginning called The Mass and Your Life. If you can pick that up or go into a bookstore and read it, screenshot it, that's how I kind of still, <laughs> I still uh, articles. Not stealing. <laughs> no, no, no. Or uh, I bet you could pull it up online. It's probably a PDF. I'm sure the Latin oh. Missal is a PDF. Go and read the first... The is first, like, 50 or 60 pages is, is introductory stuff. so powerful. But there's that section, and I would give it to the kids to read before Mass, because we'd get to the traditional at Mass early, and so I'd have them read the Mass and your life. Well, part of that was that you, you each of you, dear listeners, is a gift from the Father to the Son. And that actually answers an incredibly dramatic question. Does every human being whom God from all eternity willed to exist, do they exist? And the answer is no. Not because God changed his mind, not because the Father was like, I'm just too tired, this is a plenty, but because he has placed into the hands of his creations, into our hands, a level of correspondence to his mission. That's stunning. I think it's too. It's I'm fly. I'm floating away to Mars right now. <laughs> it's just too out there. It's too much. It's just too much. And 
then it begets a whole bunch of other questions about being open to life. Yeah, exactly. That was the point. How many lives are we open to? And how about all the kids that we miscarried and then their lives ended and another one began? It just goes off into many different levels. I cannot... Mystery, unbounded mysteries. No, but Tom, I think more important than that whole mystery is that we were given as a gift, an incredible gift from the Father to the Son that... I am that precious and that valued and that love that God the Father thought my soul good enough, me a person good enough to give to his perfect son. And he fashioned you you, with such beauty and glory and dignity and honor. it's It's a kind of concept that unfolds or breaks open in prayer. And I've just begun to skim that surface of what it means because it's just so profound. Well, you should have listened to my radio program yesterday. <laughs> Are you going to keep scolding me about not I listening do. to Well, your... I didn't hey, get a chance to talk about it. I shared your I radio. Ran out of time. I shared your show with my Bible group, so you'd be proud of me. Oh, nice. I got it out there. Oh, good. Um, anyhow, so in that missile, Tom, or in that um, the traditional Latin mass missile, they have just incredible truths about the mass, and in that is where not just this concept, but where Jesus comes to redeem this gift through his death, through the cross, through the crucifixion. And just that whole part of what the Mass is blew my mind away. I think we talked about this a while back, but still, it's good to reminisce, remember. Reminisce, to make present again in our minds. That's so holy. So that it becomes more real in our lives. So this was all back to that concept of identity and purpose, vision and mission, saint accomplishing a God-given mission planted on this earth right now, that that, that's what matters. That's what endures. But even that can sound so hagiographical. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes. So what that means is that (laughs) you read the books of lives of saints, and they're at five years old, locking themselves in their bedrooms and just dedicating themselves to prayer for the rest of their lives. It can seem very devotional, very extreme or extraordinary, and so far removed from the lives of those who read about them that they can be inspiring but at a distance, so you can't really relate to it. And so there's that other concept of where do... You and I, where do laity actually become saints and fulfill their God-given mission? Well, there's that phrase, by fulfilling the duties of your state in life. By fulfilling the duties of your state in life. So do you know what your state in life is? Uh, Yes. Wife first to you. Yes. Loving, devoted, cheerleading, affirming. (gasps) Excited, hundred percent. This is being recorded, dear. This is being recorded. <laughs> Second, <Truth-telling>, mother. <laughs> Truth telling. What is my state in life? You're married. Okay. Yeah. So Good. the states right. in life are: there's the priestly state, there's the religious state, then there's the married state. So that status in Latin. There's a a state that when God created human beings, He created them to be fitted into one of these three states of life. And that actually leaves open a question. Do people who never get married, don't become priests or religious in vows, are they missing out on God's call? Because God calls all of us to a state in life. So that that's actually an interesting speculative question. Carrie's shaking her head. No, there, there must be a, a state in life for them, a, a situation in life, if not a state in life. So, you know, there are a lot of people who, like, not so much now, but sacrificially, there were people who would, um, like, spend their lives taking care of uh, sick adults, you know, sick parents and stuff like that. Okay. Well, God redeems everyone. Let's come back around to um, what this means is that, Carrie, you can become a saint just by fulfilling the duties of being a wife and a mother. Can we just not talk about being a saint? Because I I can't even get there. Can we just talk about, (laughs) I don't know, can I get a daily prayer time in? Okay, well, <laughs> I, just, I, I love this great vision of we're going to be a saint, we're going to be holy, we're going to be all for... And then I get up from this chair and go upstairs and I look at the kitchen and go, I have to unload the dishwasher. That's how you're going to become a saint, though, right? <laughs> it's like... One, dish, I, one I, dishwasher load at a time. Cannot. Let's go. <laughs> I was reading a book about um, the crosses that we carry. I'm trying to remember in my mind what book it was about. When was I reading this? The other day. 
I believe it was in Dirty It was after prayer. we had a fight. And you just said, what am I doing what here? And just like, and then, oh, there's the cross that I'm carrying. And it was really good. It's about carrying your crosses. And I will remember it after the break. But um, it set me free. Oh, it was in the Magnificat. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It was, uh, yeah, and it was, was a, written just like 30 years ago. Not even. I'll, I'll pull it up. I have Magnificat right Expiation. Here. Anyhow, I thought, is my married life and being a wife and a mother a cross? Because... I feel like the way or the lens in which I should view it is this great vocation and a, a joy, and I'm so honored and a privilege, and why should I complain or uh, feel downcast or burdened by all of this amazing call that God is giving me, given that we struggled so much, and even in the time where I wasn't married, trying to find the right person, and then trying to have children. and So I should have this incredible spirit of gratitude, but a lot of times in the day-to-day, I feel like it's a cross I carry, and I should not feel that way. How how dare I? <laughs> and yet, when I read this article and it said, I could okay. name it as a cross. But when it you felt- say a cross, what do you mean? Do you mean that, like what Jesus carried a cross, that was like a big deal. Are you just saying that it's a, it's a, it's like an inconvenience. Uh, it's, it's a daily suffering that I undergo. Love, okay, all love suffering is suffering. Mean? When yeah, you say I'll, no to yourself, say, and you serve and live on okay, behalf of others. Are you doing what you don't prefer, <laughs> that it's not fun or pleasant, it's not easy or comfortable? It's, it's like those, those kind of words. Simple things, guys. This is just so simple, and yet I struggle with it. Uh, <laughs> Carrie, you, My bar's really low, guys. <laughs> so sad. Uh, okay, but <laughs> I... I think this is really important because what you've just done is you've broken open the concept of the you're going to be sanctified by fulfilling the duties of your state in life. And so that means something as simple as you get up in the morning and you help your kids get ready for school. You make sure that they're dressed right, homework, breakfast, get the lunch, get, you know, it just the frenzy involved in getting our five kids out the door in the morning. You do that. I don't. That is true. <sighs> And so that's, but that, doing that with the good spirit, doing that with the right spirit is, is sanctifying. It's something that actually will cleanse you of Alaska. your imperfections. Your dog, she's barking. Alaska, what are you crying about? Sorry, uh-huh. I'm going to get her out of here. You're going to get the dog out of here? Okay. Well, we're up against a break right now, Carrie, so it's good timing. So we're going to continue to break open this idea of finding fulfillment by Uh, entering into the duties of your state in life. And don't be surprised. Don't be caught off guard. Uh, Don't uh, feel like something's wrong if this involves suffering. And then when do we get to the economics of life and inflation? Yeah, that's part of it Eventually. We're going to get there. Don't worry. (laughs) Not that I'm excited about it, but I'm wondering. Okay, so Carrie, welcome back. Welcome back, Carrie. (laughs) The dog is now safely away. And so so Carrie, here we go. And we are um, taking a look at the the idea of fulfilling the duties of our state in life and that what that means is that this okay this is how god is going to make you holy brothers and sisters and it'll it'll be and i know here's the word i was thinking of drudgery there's a kind of daily drudgery that i think it, that's an excellent word i think that's why i like to drink alcohol it took away from the mundane of oh another day it wasn't like, oh... Um, Do you know what mundane comes from? Mm, no. Mundus, world. Why do you always have to decipher every single word? No, there's <laughs> a fl- richness there. I know. I'm not actually... The mundane I'm, is the quotidian. I'm not scolding you. <laughs> it's actually really interesting, but it is kind of annoying because you figure like every word you can decipher. No, that's not true. Decipher? Do you know what decipher means? <laughs> to decipher... Uh, I knew you were going to do that. A cipher is something that you're going to do. Do you know where kombucha c- comes from? Kombucha. I have no idea. Oh, all right. So I you don't no know. Okay. Right. But no, the, 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 the quotidian, the daily, and the, uh, the mundane, the worldly, those are things that we will have a more difficult time recognizing as what? Supernatural, beyond the world, and eternal. Things that will endure beyond the day to day. Let me just read this little quote that I found I, in Magnificat. Okay, all right. Wait, I did I just it. ignore what you said? No, I was not listening. I was looking at what I wanted to read. I Sorry. Know. So Keep there's going. there's a daily suffering there. <laughs> there's a daily suffering. I don't listen to you. Uh, it says we were using the word drudgery, but go uh, ahead. I'm sorry. Do you want to? No, read the quote. Go. Can you just erase I it? I surrender. No. We are pushing forward. No. Press on okay. here. 
All of love's chosen ones are given trials. When I find that a soul is very closely united to Jesus, very intimate with him, I need to not ask, have you suffered in your life? Have you had trials, crosses, bitterness, sins, bitterness? I'm sure that he has passed by the road of Calvary to arrive at the union with the crucified. Therefore, the cross is a means for Jesus to lead back to himself, those who do not love him, to bring closer those who do okay, not just, love him you enough. You have to stop right there and say that sentence again more slowly. Therefore... The cross is a means for Jesus to lead back to himself those who do not love him, to bring closer those who do not love him enough. Boom. Mic drop right there. I know. It's pretty good, huh? So how does Jesus say, I love you enough to draw you back to me? I I love you enough to, to want you to love me more. I want you to love me in a way that I become the central love of your life. And do you know what I'll do to help get your attention? Give you a lot of kids. Make you get up and feed them and clothe them and clean them. <laughs> those nine little crosses that are part of your life. So those daily, uh, he used the word trials. He used the word the trials. So a drudgery, the things that are drudgery are, let's call them low, like little t trials. Because they don't shout at you. They're just present in front of you. So when you take a look at it and you say, for instance, the little trial that John Luke presented to you today was he left the house without... Oh, taking out the garbage. Taking out the garbage. And what happened? The, the garbage lid opened up. You opened it up to throw something away. And there was the full bag of garbage sitting there. It's not a big deal, but those little irritations. Irritations. There we go. That was a trial. That's and that happens all the time in our marriage, where the lens through which these irritations. <laughs> and I'm serious. It's like, why am I irritated? This is so dumb. But then I can see it through joy and peace. It's all through how you see. Okay, so this is something that I learned in men's household. I didn't learn it in the seminary. Five years in the seminary did not teach me this, but two years of living intentionally in a Catholic Christian men's household with single Catholic guys. After the seminary, the vision that was raised up was this. I dare you to bring a cross in front of me that I won't respond to joyfully, generously, and quickly. That was the ideal. That was the standard. And so it was, hey, so-and-so can't make dinner today. I got it. So-and-so struggling and has busy has to run off and do the dishes. I got it. So-and-so needs to be the extraordinary act of being driven all the way to Boston and being brought to the airport because they missed their ride. I got it. Who is going to joyfully, generously, and quickly embrace what is an irritation? To see the love of Jesus in all your crosses. This is what this Father Jean de Cor de Jesus de Albea, 1982 French okay. priest. <laughs> I kind of hacked that whole name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's I, the guy that I was telling you about. I know, I know. I, I saw the name, but I, uh, I'd never heard of him. But this is all about suffering is an expiation of sin and how Jesus is using, if we see our crosses, our suffering, our self-sacrifice as making up for things we've failed in or to make up for others. Yeah, but keep reading the quote because the quote goes beyond that. Jesus willed to wash our crimes in his blood, but in order to participate in the sorrowful de redemption, we must know... Also, how to be, at least in part, a man of sorrows. It is an inescapable law. We must pass that way. You see, we cannot expiate sin, which is a guilty pleasure, except by suffering. That's a good line. Penance. Penance. The holy books are filled with this word. The Blessed Virgin reminded us of it at Lourdes, at uh, La Salette, and at Fatima. In order to enter into a country as marvelous as heaven, to appear before the God of infinite purity and beauty, to see him face to face, to participate in the divine nature, to take part in the intimate life of the Holy Trinity, since that is our sublime predestination. In order to know God as he knows himself, to love him as he loves himself, we must be purified like gold in the crucible. We must have the red wedding garment washed in the blood of the Lamb, but washed also in the blood of our souls, which is our tears. Should I stop there? Yeah, it's just stop there. kind of so heavy. Well, yeah, so you need to talk about spinning off, right? He started to yeah. <laughs> use like very rich uh. theological, biblical, spiritual concepts to understand or express our ultimate destiny, life together with God, sharing in the divine nature, etc. But that he, he's using that as a motivating vision 
Okay. For why it is you'd want to enter into the cross. Like yes, you if, need if, that. If you want to get to to the to, to the country, the the, the 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 eternal country towards which you're called and, and on the journey in which you're going, you're going to have to pass by the road of Calvary. You're going to have to pass by the road of the cross. It's the only way to get cleansed. It's the only way to make up for those crimes by which we've betrayed mm-hmm. love by our lack of love, mm-hmm. by the guilty pleasures that we've chosen rather than embracing the trials and difficulties with a beautiful, peaceful spirit. Well, Joyful, generous, quick. Yeah, and I think this is what really speaks to seeing home life as a cross and how there's love in that, or there is, uh, there's the work. It's not just the work. God takes it and does so much more with it if we allow him, if we unite it. Yeah, I think part of it would be this, is that those daily difficulties, those little daily trials that are drudgery or just painful things to put up with, do we expect them? And then in expecting them, respond to them with a spirit that says, is that all you got? Is this the worst thing that I've got to deal with today? I've got a great life. Thank you, Lord. You're cleansing me of my selfish need, my selfishness. Yeah, I love how he says it here, Tom. He says, but... What about the way I just said it? Uh, I heard... What's it? This is the thing. This is where wives and husbands get it. I heard your version multiple times because I live with you. So it's great to have another version of what you just said, but just... It's like a different all right, sauce. All right. Let him okay? say it. Let it's, him say it, and then I'll. It's just I'll a different it. sauce. I put uh, it in. I'll, okay. I'll compliment it. I'll compliment <laughs> but, it. I insist on this. But do not ever stop at the isolated idea of expiation by the cross without going further. Whether or not you are given the cross in order to expiate, the cross is always given in love. So good. It is always presented by Jesus in a design of love. It is always an occasion to prove our love. And if you take it that way, it will then acquire the greatest value of expiation. That's the part that I wanted to um, have me read. bring about, the, uh, focus on. Okay. Because I remember that in that quote, there were two sections. The first was suffering connected to expiation. I remember, what's expiation? Expiation is where you join in with Christ's redemptive work on the cross to remove the damage and the consequences of sin. So that's part of our call. That's why we do penance, right? To roll away the stone so that someone can be raised from the spiritual death. But even beyond that, he's saying every cross, any cross is an act of love, an act of love that Christ gives to us because he wants us to be stretched. He wants us to grow. He wants us to expand our hearts, our spirits, our souls to receive more of him. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. When did I give this to you? During a homily where the priest said, we're so excited about our relationships here on earth and our family that one day we'll die and we'll get to go to heaven and we get to see our family in heaven. For we are an Easter people. And that is the most exciting thing is to go to heaven and see the people we love. I'm like, no, it's to go see Jesus, our Lord, our King. I said it out loud during church too. You did? I was so annoyed with his homily. Yes. And then I handed you this book and said, here. Well, it was a Jesuit, so what do you expect? (laughs) I said, here, let's read something else during the homily. My kids have said to me, what's the difference between Jesuit and Catholic? (laughs) Isn't that great? The homily They're they're well-trained. They're well-trained. All right, Carrie, we're against a break. Back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran, and I'm joined today by my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, we are talking about suffering. We're talking about endurance. Um, Actually, let me just stop with that. So you know what's interesting? Uh, St. Teresa of Avila when she was asked about the virtue that would uh, bring about the most fear in demons, what, what virtue, if it was alive, a gift of grace that was alive in a, 
in a soul that humility. would be most feared. Not humility. Darn, I thought I read that Isn't somewhere. that a good one? That's a good one. I think. Uh, and, and I'm sure there were some saints who said that, like St. Bernard of Claveau. I'm so said, sure I got that right. Well, St. Bernard clapped in heaven. He was like, yes, a, a dear disciple of mine. He said the three most important virtues are humility, humility, and humility. You know, there was a woman, I gave a talk in uh, in New Orleans. <laughs> Squirrel. Back in, the, <laughs> back in the 1990s, and I thought I was all that. I was clever. I was smart. I was young. I was energy, dynamic, great talk, full of wisdom and insight. And this woman came up to me and said, the Lord told me to give you this word. And she had, had it written down. She said, this is something for you to pray about. And it was... St. Bernard, St. Bernard's <laughs> three virtues, humility, humility, humility. And I'm like, grumble, 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 grumble. I didn't like that. I thought I was pretty humble. I wasn't. <laughs> but I, I still remember that. Is that a wound? Is that, is that what that is, a wound? I think most 20-year-olds think they're all that. That's well, why I, we find I them like annoying. I was okay. like 20. Maybe I was 30 by that point. Yeah, and I think I was 30. It's yeah. like when I used to give advice to parents about how to parent their kids and help them with homework. And they would just look at me thinking, this poor child knows nothing. She has no children. How can she be telling us how to parent our, our seventh grader? And I don't Carrie, know. I gave There's great this... talks. I told you to teenage, about teenagers before we had any. I, I think there are a lot of great speakers in their 20s, but I do find them not humble... Being humble is not one of their best qualities because they're still young and they haven't really had suffering and they haven't really experienced the more difficult parts of life and everything seems new and exciting and adventurous. And so you speak with such confidence and... Um, Conviction, clarity, yes, black and like white. Yes, all you have to do is... And, and then after you've been through life for a few decades, you realize it's not as... Maybe those are our wounds. Maybe that's where we say, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've wounded us, who've hurt us, who've walked all hey, over Father, us. Father Ricardo said that when I, I used one of my 12 questions to him. One of them was the Father Pat Smith one. You know, when I first met him at the North American College Seminarians together, I said to him, you know, I believe this, blah, blah, blah. And he said, D don't tell me what you believe. Let me follow you around for a, a few days and see how you live. And then I'll tell you what you believe. And I was like, ooh, ouch. And, and the point was, it, but if, if a belief isn't lived, then it's really not believed. And I, so I said to Father Ricardo, I said, what's a belief that we have that you don't think that we actually believe because of how we live? And I thought he was going to go to one of the default setting ones. Which, like the Eucharist yeah. is the source and summit? Oh, the, oh yeah, the you Mass is the source that. and summit of our or, faith, yeah. or that Jesus is really present in the Eucharist. Like, if you really, 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 really believe Jesus was present in the Eucharist, right there waiting for you and available to you, guess what you'd do? You'd be at Mass every day. You'd not only be at Mass every day, you'd On like, your face. Okay, go. so what did he say? He said, <laughs> forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Oh, I didn't know that. That, well, if you listen to the program, oh, so, <laughs> you just walked into that one, dear. But he's, I haven't listened to the whole program. I just kept listening nice. to the first part three times over. Nice. That's good. It's good recovery. Very quick. But he said that, and, and his point was, I don't think we believe that. I don't think we actually want that at all. Hmm. We don't want the Father to forgive us the way that we forgive those who have sinned against us. Please, please, Lord, whatever you do, don't do that. Hmm. Please, Father, don't do that. Hmm. So we, we say we believe it. We pray it every day, kind of mindlessly. But whatever, we, whatever, whatever else happens in our lives, Lord, don't do that. <laughs> don't I'm do what we're think praying. about that. That's really something. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was strong. So back to St. Teresa of Avila. What is the virtue? And it wasn't love, and it wasn't obedience. Okay. Um, I'm thinking... I, I never would have got it. Fear of the Lord. Like I would have said courage or reverence I or something. Do. Okay. Was, Give me a multiple choice. I need a multiple okay. choice. Is it determination? No. Go ahead. Or determination? <laughs> no. Or determination? Okay. I'll take the third one. Determination? Yes. It was determination. So, like persevering. Like so, well, fervor. there you go. Right. If you're determined, so determinatio in Aquinas, 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, go ahead. It It's the fruit of intensio. I think you could just say atio on the end of any word, and like in virtuosio, in confessionio. Carrie, I don't now, know. Now I'm exposed. You just, you, you, call, you called me out. He, the, the idea of a determination in Aquinas is connected to intentionality. That he says that, you've heard me say this before, what will, uh, what will stir in you an action that has a vigor to it in the world is a clarity of intention in your mind that here is a goal that I intend to achieve, a, 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 an arrival point I intend to, to get to, and the clearer and stronger and more at stake that is, the more that I will be, what's the word? Determined. And that's why what Aquinas says is, what does it take to become a saint? There's that one simple two-word sentence. Will it? Will it be determined? You have that determination in your will to press on and press forward no matter what. That's, and so that's where perseverance comes in. So perseverance is, let's call it a manifestation or a fruit of mature determination. So, you know, good job, St. Teresa of Avila. I, I think, honestly, we, we hold back. We hold back because we, you know, things get uncomfortable. Is it St. Joan of Arc that said, I was made, I'm not afraid, I was made for this moment? Yes. And if you read her book through the eyes of Mark Twain, her clarity and her determination and her fervor is so real and apparent. And as I'm reading her story, I think this is what holiness is. It's just this pure, I would say passion, but I think determination is probably a better word, to go and live fully for God, no matter the cost. And as you read about it, it's not a burden, and it's not a chore, and it doesn't feel like drudgery, as we were talking about before. It's just this incredible, exciting, powerful, inspiring, motivating life. It, it was just really something to read her writings and, and how he portrayed her. And it took her character just above anyone that was average. It was supernatural. It, it really was something to read some of his writings about her or how he told the story of her, her uh, young life. Well, you remember, like in the introduction to that book, it, he says it was his favorite book to write, the most important book he wrote, the book that he would keep above all others and, and all of that, right? That nothing else compares. That's just like he said it. <laughs> I don't know what he wrote. It was really sweet. It was quite moving. And it took him 10 years to write. Yeah, it was like quite moving so it, that what he had to research, say about yeah. writing that book, uh, Joan of Arc. And it is worth reading. It's a long read for a woman who lived a short life. And you, Well, the nice thing is you don't really want to put it down. So but, it doesn't feel like... Um, it doesn't feel like a long novel, I guess. I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. So this is uh, Tom Kernum um, with my wife, Carrie, and today we are uh, talking with you about, well, about becoming saints in the midst of suffering and doing that through <laughs> this the... This is not real suffering, well, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. We're talking Dealing about with... suffering because no. I have to make food. <laughs> I don't Sanctity even know. It's, and the it's daily duties quite, of your life, state and life, it's quite all of that, right? Obviously, it's just... No. Yeah, it, it's... Well, it's important stuff. All right. Hey, we'll work against a break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, the theme we were actually talking about was recognizing that for us, for lay people, sanctification or growing in holiness and fulfilling our God-given mission is going to happen in the day-to-day -day activities of our lives. And when we, when we can get that vision, then maybe part of what can show up in us is this sense of determinatio, right? This sense of being more determined 
to be able to enter into the daily drudgeries and trials, the, the petty nuisances. Hey, I like that phrase. The, uh, isn't that sometimes what it is? The yes. little things that throw us off about each other. Like the the tone of voice, the look, the the response, the the lack of response, the all of those things that just set us off, put us off, throw us off. Hey, I'm on. I am on today, dear. This is good. And oh, is it humility? Humility. Oh, darn it. Humility. 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 Let's go, guardian angel. Help me out here. So, anyways, Carrie, uh, I one of the things that I wanted to say was that part of being a good steward in our day-to-day activities is not only associated with relationships and trials and difficulties, but it's also being uh, studious and and thoughtful and uh, do some research. So I see this just so regularly when I face decisions around things like, oh, Carrie, we had to get new tires for our Suburban. And so where do we go get them and do we price them out? And what do we, what are the features we're looking for in the tires? Or, um, I had to get one of the springs on our garage door broke and I, you know, had to do some research and got what I thought was going to be the the best company to come out and do it. How many companies did you call? I only call, I called four. (laughs) Why? Well, I called the. I called a lot. No, no, I called the first one, and they didn't get back to me. So I called the second one, and the guy gave me an estimate. And I'm like, okay, great. So I now have a range, but he was not nearly. He didn't inspire as much confidence in me as the first guy, the first company who had a lot of like positive Google reviews. And when I called them back, and they said we'll get somebody out there, then all of a sudden I got the the uh, estimate back, and it was shockingly high, shocking, like twice as much. I got an estimate to do our lawn or to get help with our lawn. Do you know how much it was for a year contract? I have no idea. Well, it was the gold oh, level. Oh, there we go. I want gold. They have like platinum. If they're taking care of my, my lawn, I want silver. gold. Actually, where's the green? I want the emerald. <laughs> they should have like named it emerald. and uh, uh, It was $1,500. Really? To put down fertilizer and seed, and I guess maybe thatching. Like do a little. No, it it wasn't come and cut your lawn. It was just treat your lawn. What? Yeah, it's not a land. It's to get your lawn green, I guess, and get the weeds out. Oh, was that the guy that pulled up in his Lamborghini to sign the contract? (laughs) No, then I texted them and said, "Could you just come and show me what to do?" So I, I have some boys here that can do all the work. I just need to know how to hack. My lawn. Like, tell me what are the five steps. I can do, I can throw stuff down. That's what YouTube is for. Well, you would think, but that's not what I've been finding. The lawn for me. I did me, a YouTube thing for, what's it called? For um, for uh, changing the g- garage door springs. Mm-hmm. And then I had two people say to me, Tom, I really don't want to see you in the hospital. Do not try that. On YouTube, they told you, they warned everyone? No, on YouTube, they're like, ah, this is a piece of cake. You got this here. You just get this spring, and you just do this and this, and then you Wait, tighten it. Who said they didn't want to see you in a hospital? Two two guys that, like, that do handyman work. And and they were like, you know what? I do handyman work, and I won't do that. Oh. They're like, you do you, do you know how much like weight, Hard. how much stress and pressure is going to go on that? Um, on that, what's it called? Um, like spring. On the spring. And they're like, just don't do that. That's crazy. So That is really interesting. Yeah. It is that time of year, and I don't know how this relates to annoyances, but where, he, where we live, the snow has melted, the sun has come out, and it feels like we're all coming out of our winter caves. And everything outside needs to be fixed and repaired. Like you found the sprinkler was broken. You had to go fix that <sighs> and i found a few things in our yard and it does feel like we're at home depot a lot this these last few weeks and getting the kids to help with uh full disclosure we bought stock in home depot we bought a stock <laughs> uh, 
I was talking to the guy who does he does uh, he he does uh, wealth management and stocks and all this other stuff. Who? And I said, is "Hey, it? dollar store, dollar store." Oh, you talking right? Dollar General or Dollar? Yeah, Street? I said, "Which one, Dollar General or Dollar Store or whatever the hey. company was?" And he said, "He said, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh oh, shop there. Do not buy the stock." <laughs> So benefit from it all that you want, but don't think you're going to benefit from it by buying the stock. Okay, so that was his. This is not financial advice, folks. Oh, never mind. I was going to tell you we went to Dollar General in Pennsylvania, but anyhow. Um, Yeah, so this time of year, there is a lot of things that need to be fixed or readied for the summer. And there's the power washing and... The blowing and I don't even know. power washing. Yes. What, what have have you seen power? our deck? <laughs> the house, the whole house here has to be. You need to get a hose out. You don't need to use a uh, power washer, but because of those dust storms that come through here from the Palouse, don't you? You don't even notice. What is wrong? <laughs> All Carrie, the dirt caked on the side of our house. I got gifts. Like, uh, not there's on your list. dust everywhere, so you do need to wash down all your siding. So. All right. I, I was talking about becoming a saint. Now I don't know. Just, yeah, I'm sorry. But that's, see, that's sorry. part of being a good steward. So hey, listen. To do. I told a story one time. I was giving testimony to this guy who was struggling in his marriage, but he really took good care of his truck. And, I mean, like <laughs> immaculate care of his truck, so much so that it like got his wife so upset that really? he spent so much time polishing and shining every nut and bolt of that. And I said, listen, I got to tell you a story. And I talked about I was giving a talk in the Tri-Cities, and I was coming back, and I was going through Yakima, when all of a sudden, your Toyota Corolla, your oh, Toyota Tercel. Oh, my Toyota Tercel. Your Toyota Tercel, it, From the 91. engine failed. Bought the 91. engine failed. Okay. As because I was going you up were, a hill. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, stop. I, this is my story. <laughs> you just be quiet. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you. Okay. So, the, and the, and the, uh, the engine failed. And so I'm, I'm literally on the highway in the middle of nowhere. And as I pull off to the side of the road, I'm literally like a, a hundred feet away from a rest stop that has a, a payphone. And so I walk to the payphone, make a phone call, and get a tow truck to tow the car down to a hotel, a motel back in Yakima. And, uh, and do you remember what we did? We left the car there. I sold it to the boyfriend of the motel manager. <laughs> I don't for remember like three hundred and fifty dollars. It just blew a gasket. No, it was. A we cylinder. were down to like three pistons. Yeah, instead maybe that of was four, one of those. Like I don't a four even cylinder know. down to three. three. Okay. I'm like three hundred fifty bucks, man. And That's he so gave funny. me the cash. I got on a bus, and you remember? No, and you I... picked me up in North Bend. Okay. You, you pick me up in North Bend. You have Bend. such a good memory. I wish I could remember okay. things like this. Well, I told the guy this story how God took care of me. And he said, yeah, God would have taken a lot better care of you if you took care of your car and changed the oil. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> and, and so I was trying to get supernatural. And he was being very natural, like grounded in the here and now and using your mind and being a good steward and being, uh, being vigilant. Yes. Being vigilant about taking care of the things of this world. And that's that's important stuff. That's important stuff. Like parents are called to lead, provide, and protect their kids at a human level too. Now I think that we will often ignore or underappreciate or not really understand the spiritual dimensions of it, but there's also the human dimensions of it. And that's in doing those things, God is making saints. I don't think we should underestimate that. I agree. Are you on for Saturday morning chores? Yeah, but I'll be at the men's conference. Darn. What do you want me to say? Darn. Darn. At the men's conference? Tomorrow. Yeah, tonight I'm going to be um, speaking at, uh, I'm speaking at uh, St. Michael's at their Festival of Praise Night. Okay. Uh, and then the, that's for anybody. And then Saturday is the Iron Chaplain's Iron Seattle Men's Conference and Come on out. I'm speaking in the afternoon. So I'm the last talk. Okay. I'm the rev them up last talk. Okay. What What should I say? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I have plenty of time before I'm giving it. So Okay. I, I have too many points to say, actually. It's like, I only get one talk. How, how many hours is I it? I know. So. I, I remember what I said about the conference. People are more there to want to 
connect and have conversation. Well, that was, okay, so there's your point. You were talking about like this idea of being determined and having that energy and all that. That often comes from others. That comes when you're not alone, right? Yeah, for sure, Tom. Hey, during our little program here, John Mark texted and he said, hey, Caleb, his friend and, and he, they worked together at this... At Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Just had a conversation with our manager about God, and he's considering coming to church, but he can't come this Sunday. So we're trying to find a good talk for him to listen to, something about why you shouldn't live for the moment and worldly pleasures, and maybe about why there is a God who is the Christian God. That's right. <laughs> I love that. You have two high school yeah. juniors evangelizing their manager at Krispy Kreme. That, I, that jazzes me up. That's really cool. I think that's awesome. That's fulfilling your God-given mission. Salt did he send that to the crew? Yeah, he did. I think his sisters will be able to give some good talks to him. Yeah. They're, uh, he, yeah and then he tried to FaceTime the whole group. No one, <laughs> no one answered. So you go for a live prayer time right yeah. now. Let's go. Oh. I think he was hoping one of his holy older sisters would, would jump in and start evangelizing. But that's okay. So Carrie, um, in the last, we have uh, just just a couple minutes left in the program. Um, I want to finish up on this idea of how do you persevere? Because determination is one side of the coin. Determination is driving you forward. Persevering oh, is going right. to keep you sustained till the goal. Yes. Right. So those are the two sides of the coin. And one of the, um, one of the vices that Aquinas says holds us back from um, staying, um, staying energetically in pursuit of the goal is a horror of suffering. So isn't this interesting? The vice that stops us from being determined, from getting launched, is sloth. And that's, you know, I don't find my joy in God. So I don't have that determination to find my joy in spiritual things. And so I'm saddened and I don't want to drive forward. But the thing that slows me down, that holds me up, is what he calls the horror of suffering. I don't know what that even means. The horror of suffering. I would rather have it soft. Like not wanting pleasant. to suffer. Afraid. I know the fear of suffering. And so one said there's more fear in the fear of suffering than the actual suffering, just thinking about it. But when you're actually in it, well, this is Father Jacques Philippe. He has a whole thing on suffering, but anyhow. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Go, go, keep Whatever. going. <laughs> Let's go. Let's hear it. Uh, I think that um, it, when you think about the horror of suffering, it shows up in the littlest things like, oh, let me get out of bed early and go pray. No, I'm too comfortable here in the bed. I'll just stay here. Yeah, you say that. Take up thy pillow and follow me. <laughs> I'm ready. So stay, I like take that. up your pillow and stay there is, <laughs> is what me. that says. But it's everything from, do I take the cold shower? Do I forego the chocolate chip cookie? Do I go work out? You do realize these are real not, these are not sufferings. I mean, they just cannot be. I think we're talking about like... I don't know, kitty land Christianity where I can't eat a cookie and I can't, I've, I've been thinking like real suffering, honey. Okay. We're, we live in such a little American bubble, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, if I picked out like bigger chunky things where there's more at stake, mm -hmm. it, we will, we will all be completely exposed and embarrassed. I think we just need to the, get up and move to another Because country. of the passivity of our passivity when it comes to tackling the moral crimes of our time, the moral yeah. crimes. And we sit passively by and eat popcorn and watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't want to keep beating that drum today because I'm talking about, okay, apart from those bigger moral crimes that are just handicapping us into passivity, what about just being manly enough to lead family prayer? being manly enough to ask forgiveness, being manly enough to enter into crucial conversations with your kids and not let them get away with bad manners, bad language, bad attitudes, bad relationships, and instead just throw up your hands and say, what are you going to do? That, that's right in the, in the, 
Todd, that's rolling up your sleeves. There's mm-hmm. a horror of suffering mm-hmm. right there. Or how about I'm not going to settle for my bad attitude that were that triggers me when I respond to my kids the mm-hmm. way I do. Uh, I'm not going to settle for uh, the way that I eat or drink or avoid uh, unpleasant conversations, circumstances, or engagements, and rather just do what I want to do. I just think this is why community and walking your faith out with other men or other women is so vital. But not just, oh, we see each other once a week. It's really hard to get into conversations and support each other when you can text and just kind of talk every other week. I don't know. There's something about when you're with people day in and day out, there's just much more of a real lived community feel of it, it will it will allow for a spirit of determination or going after something. It's just hard to feel like you can jump on and follow after God with all, my whole heart when I just feel this kind of disconnect with many other families. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go there, but I there is an issue there. So, did you hear about Franciscan University? No. Having a, I think it was like a weekend that was smartphone free. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, it made Fox News. It made some kind of. Really? Yeah, it did. That, Mary Catherine never texted I us. think it was this weekend. Oh. Yeah, I think it, I think it's this weekend. Cool. I only saw the headline, but that it sounds was. sounds like something they would do. <laughs> I think that's awesome. No, but, but that's what you do need. You need to come together with everyone and say, okay, guys, this week we're going to, and let's check in and see how you did. Or this week we're going to do these three things. Let's check in and and encourage each other and hold each other accountable and celebrate. And it really takes community or being together and unity with others, brothers and sisters in a, in a, a consistent ongoing basis. It, it happens easier when you're in a school system or setting where you see each other every day. It's a lot harder when you have all these families and we're all isolated in our own little home and a little domestic church. I guess they figure husbands and wives can figure it out and work it out and help their kids, but it just doesn't flow that well. It's not... It just seems harder than it, it should be. Put it this way. It, it flows well until it doesn't. <laughs> That's right? true. And then when it doesn't... And you don't even know it, it's not flowing well because yeah. who's telling you it's not flowing well? You have right. to have your teen, your 22-year-old come home and say, hey, you guys, you're not doing this right. So yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's a great point. Um, so, well, Carrie, I thank you so much for being willing to walk with <laughs> me through the program you're today. Welcome. Yes. My brothers and sisters, we want you to grow in faith, to become the saint God has for you to be, to fulfill the God-given mission he has placed in your life. And we hope that this program is an encouragement along the way. All right. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight. God bless you. Have a great weekend.